0: It's the Happy Families Podcast. It's the podcast for the time-poor parent who just wants answers now.
1: When children feel safe, when they feel that they can trust their parents with their feelings, with their big emotions, they're much less likely to experience those big emotions. And
0: now here's the stars of our show, my mum and dad.
1: It's Mental Health Awareness Month. Hello, Dr. Justin Corson here. I'm here with Kylie, my wife and mum to our six kids. Today, a conversation that I think is a really important one, just because I get asked to speak in so many schools, so many workplaces, so many offices, classrooms, webinars, whatever, about anxiety. Anxiety is increasing in prevalence. We're seeing it with younger and younger kids. And Kylie, today we're going to talk about five things that we can do to help to manage and mitigate anxiety effectively in our children and even in ourselves.
0: When you think about the experiences that Just here in Australia, we've experienced over the last couple of years with floods and bushfires and COVID. I was going to
1: say, and COVID, (laughs) Um, not to mention the international situation and then there's the economic stress. And now the
0: economic stress that we're experiencing. No wonder families are feeling so much pressure at the moment. And sometimes as parents, we're not actually intentionally – placing stress on our kids but our kids are watching the pressure that we're feeling and as a result feeling it for us like almost in sympathy.
1: I think it's uh, really important that we define what anxiety is and have this conversation uh, so that we can be aware of how our behaviour could be affecting our kids and their experience of anxiety, how our anxieties could be transferring from us to them and a whole lot more. So let's start with the definition. The Australian Psychological Society, I hope that I get this right, defines anxiety as uh, the experience of a stressful event that is short-lived and natural and healthy uh, th- and also that results in fear, apprehension and worry about the future. Okay, so it's short-lived, it's natural and it's in response to a stressful event uh, where we feel worried and nervous, anticipating what's coming, feeling like what's coming is going to be bad.
0: So when kids experience anxiety in relation to going to school- yeah
1: they see school as stressful and then they experience a peak or a jump in worry fear and apprehension they think something but it's
0: a daily event
1: right that's it yeah so so when we start to move from having an experience of anxiety to having an anxiety disorder what we're talking about is a, a chronic pervasive ongoing issue of anxiety where every, not every day but most days they're experiencing that worry that something bad will happen now that's different to saying um, uh, to, to what we would call emotion based school avoidance or what it was colloquially known, as, co- colloquially known as school refusal. Th- that's just saying, I don't want to go. I don't want to be there. But if I don't want to go there because bad things are going to happen, I don't want to go there because I'm worried that no one will talk to me, that I'm going to fail, that uh, it's going to be horrible because of this this and this even if I can't say why I'm worried I just don't want to be there because I know it's going to be bad that's when we're starting to move into the realms of anxiety so there's a distinction it's an important distinction emotion based school avoidance just means I'm having a sook because I don't want to be at school whereas I don't want to go because it's going to be bad and I'm nervous worried anxious apprehensive fearful that's when we're stepping into the anxiety realms and anxiety is on the rise With our kids, the best data that I can find with the Australian Institute of Health and Welfare, which is the government agency that collects all of this stuff, shows that anxiety disorders were the second most common disorders among all children aged four to 11. So we're not talking about teenagers here. The numbers go up during adolescence, but we're talking about primary school kids, four to 11, second most common disorder, 6.9%. So 7% of all kids are showing up with anxiety, most common among girls.
0: That is distressing. Uh, yeah, really yeah. distressing to think that our four-year-olds, five-year-olds, six-year-olds are experiencing anxiety to the point that we, ha- we have a diagnosis.
1: It really is. So with all children aged four to 11 with a mental disorder, children with a major depressive disorder on average miss the most days of school with their symptoms, usually about two weeks in the last 12 months more than twice as high as for kids with anxiety disorders. We're looking at six days in the last 12 months on average uh, and more than three times as high as for kids with ADHD, four days. Uh, So so anxiety is definitely having an impact on the experience that kids have. I think, I mean, there's so many things we could talk about here, but why don't we just focus on solutions because it is Mental Health Awareness Month and we just want to give parents some solutions to help with the challenges that they're
0: having. Well, I'm curious Uh what might be the first one.
1: The first one has to be the quality of the attachment relationship between parents and children. When children feel safe, when they feel that they can trust their parents with their feelings, with their big emotions, they're much less likely to experience those big emotions. And when they do, they're much more likely to either regulate them themselves or get the help they need from a parent who is caring and trustworthy. Kind of goes back to that really important discussion you and I had on Friday in our I'll Do Better Tomorrow episode. Being able to trust your parents with your emotions helps you to regulate them better and it helps you to function better, which means that you can learn better, you can socialise better, you can get outside and engage in physical activity better. You can kind of do everything better if that secure attachment is there, which means parents have to be soft, warm, nurturing, uh, involved, and, and compassionate.
0: In some ways, they almost have to leave their big emotions as an adult at the door because often the things that our children will share with us will, I don't want to use the word trigger, but they'll they'll evoke emotion in us. But if our children feel like in the sharing that it actually is hurting us or creating anger in us, they'll be less inclined to want to share.
1: You're exactly right. I, I wrote about this in my new book, and, and I'd love to share something that I wrote about in here. I was actually, I had a chat a couple of weeks ago on the podcast with a lady called Anna Spargo Ryan. She's uh, an author. She's a mum who suffered with depression, anxiety, and major psychopathy d- during her life. And she lamented uh, in the podcast and also in her book that I read, A Kind of Magic. She said, How could I call myself a mother? if I couldn't take my kids to a nearby play centre without having a panic attack in the car park. So I'm raising this because as much as I'm highlighting the importance of having that secure attachment and saying we need to be compassionate and trustworthy and present for our kids, quite a lot of parents are dealing with their own stuff. They're dealing with their own anxieties. They're dealing with their own mental health challenges. And and she's just sort of saying, I, I don't know. I don't know how I'm supposed to do this in her memoir, A Kind of Magic. Uh, She described the way that her anxiety affected her to the extent that she would try to take her children somewhere, but she was so overwhelmed by the psychological cost of her anxiety that she would literally sit on the side of the road in the car waiting for the adrenaline to wear off. And then I've got this quote here. She said, all the times every part of me was shouting, yes, I want to do these things with you. And I still said, no. And then she just writes about the pain of letting her kids down because her own anxieties. But then those anxieties so easily transfer to kids. And so we've got to be that safe place, that secure place for our kids. And that means that we've got to somehow pull it together even when we don't feel like we can. It's, a, it's an enormous challenge. It's so hard. But the research tells us really clearly that that's got to be the number one protective factor.
0: What's number
1: two? Uh, I'm I'm going to suggest other connections, other relationships. So when children have friends at school, friends at their extracurricular activities, um, at their church or other religious or ethnic uh, activities that they participate in, uh, whatever it might be, having friends, having connections, having social relationships gives you something to look forward to. So even if you're nervous about X, Y, and Z, at least you know you're going to be there with a friend or at least you know you're going to be there with a parent who cares. The quality of relationships is critically important if we want to help kids to move through their anxious moments.
0: I think having grown up with a parent who struggled with a lot of emotional challenges herself, um, the one thing my mum did that has blessed my life time and time again was surrounded me with good people. Mm. And it wasn't actually my peer group that were the biggest blessing. It was the other adults in my life, the other adults who were able to keep their emotions in check because they actually weren't as emotionally attached to me. Yeah, they had some psychological
1: distance. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so they were able to listen to my heart without being caught up in the emotion of it and allowed me to process through them when my mum wasn't able to.
1: It's a really valuable addition to the conversation. I'm thinking about same age peers, but you've highlighted the importance of having that. I, I guess for one of a cliche sort of word, having that village around the child, trusted adults. And it's harder and harder to find that. But when you can, grab it, hang on to it, use it. It's so, so important.
0: What's number three? So the third thing
1: that we can do if our children are experiencing anxiety is help them to experience, I guess, uh, to lean in, to have hope, to find a way to push through it. There are some times where we don't want to discount, disregard or otherwise shove off anxiety. Uh, Anxiety sends really important signals and we should never try to eliminate anxiety from our lives. Anxiety helps us to be safe. What we're dealing with when we're talking about the mental illness issues surrounding anxiety is when we have an overactive anxiety system essentially where it's it's like this alarm going off all the time most of those things are false alarms so helping kids to distinguish between the false alarm and the real thing is really important and one of the best ways we can do that is to remember that avoidance reinforces anxiety so when our child says i don't want to because I'm fearful, afraid, apprehensive, whatever it could be. Our job then is to gently work with them to find ways that we can move them towards it, whether they can become curious about it. Todd Cashton, who's been on the podcast a couple of times, has talked about the importance of curiosity in terms of well-being and moving through anxiety, whether they can become hopeful because they believe something good will happen if they can push through it. But having the power to push through, having the power to be hopeful or curious or optimistic and work through that anxiety is often really, really valuable. Of course, if there's a screaming, barking dog on the other side of the fence, you don't want to push through that. There's a good reason for that anxiety. And so we've got to be able to be discerning.
0: I really appreciated the interview you had with Anna Spargo-Ryan recently because she talked about that. She talked about being able to actually label it with her kids when she was having an anxiety attack in the moment. And it just explained to them that right now my brain's sending me messages that I'm not safe. But she said, I know that I am. And so I just need a minute to just take some deep breaths and get back on track because we're going to have a great time. And you know that acknowledgement is so powerful. It helps our kids to recognize that even though this is what I'm experiencing right now, I actually can discern between fact and fiction.
1: For those who are interested, that was episode 609 of the Happy Families podcast back on the 5th of October for Mental Health Awareness Month. Number four? Um, Being outside. Being outside and particularly being active and outside. There's something remarkable about being in nature. I say it all the time. Nature is fuel for the soul. Being outside in nature. Powerful, powerful, especially moving your body, exercising, getting lost in the moment, getting caught up in flow. It's a really powerful antidote for anxiety.
0: And number five?
1: So number five is actually kind of a, a provocative one, but helping kids to forget all about themselves by thinking about other people. So service, volunteering, going out of the way to make a difference in someone else's life. It's amazing what happens to all of your stuff when you forget that you've got it because you're so busy helping other people and specifically helping them to work through really hard things that are that, that they're already dealing with.
0: One of our children recently has been going through a little bit of a hard time. She's been really struggling with you know, finding a friend group and um, just, you know... Typical teenage challenges. But the other day, she just had this feeling to reach out to a friend and just check in. And so, she just sent a text. That's all it was. Hey, Naomi, just checking in. I just wanted to make sure you're doing okay. Yeah. And she got a message back that just was so beautiful. And this friend actually came and talked to me and she said, I don't know how your daughter knew. She said, but we had only just about an hour before received news that we'd lost a really close friend of ours to cancer. And she was just blown away that this little kid, because this is an adult, yeah, this little kid for all intents and purposes, teenage kid, had reached out to her and she actually did it because she was feeling low herself and it just elevated her. And the rest of the day she had a spring in her step and just felt so good that in spite of her challenge that she was able to make a difference in someone else's life.
1: Mm. So there are five ideas. Uh, They will make a difference for anxiety. Will they get rid of it? No, but we don't want to get rid of it. Will they help you to manage it better? 100% yes, whether it's you or your kids. There are so many more ideas that are out there. I wish we could talk about them all, but the podcast just can't go for the next three weeks. So we hope that if you're dealing with any anxiety issues at home, that you can be calm and peaceful and work on that relationship with your kids yourself but also that these ideas are helpful for you and for them the happy families podcast is produced by justin rulon from bridge media craig bruce is our executive producer and if you'd like more info about the things we've talked about today please check out happyfamilies.com.au